The most time I ever spent writing an individual song was 350 hours. I just thought that I needed that much time to make it sound good and to do the best job that I could possibly do writing it. So the point of this podcast episode is to explain how on earth it took that long and what I was doing that whole time. Welcome to Everyone Special and No One Is, a podcast about obscure, misunderstood, and or controversial topics related to music. My name is Martin Chiselle, and this episode is another episode where it's just me talking into the void by myself. We are continuing the story of me going from being in a rock band with my friend Bobby to doing all of these solo live looping performances by myself. Quitting high school was wrapped up in there. And then I started going to school during concurrent enrollment, which was I was taking classes at McNally Smith College of Music part time as well as high school classes part time. And Wrapped up in that is when I decided that I was going to identify as a songwriter and totally discard performance and production and all of the other things that I had decided that I was trying to spend my time on. So instead, I was going to put 100% of my effort into songwriting and get as good as I possibly could at that. So I understand that the story is taking a long time to tell, and I'm getting very, very detailed on all of the little stages of the story. But at the very least, I hope it's interesting to you. Um, there will be a, a few more of these episodes. I don't know exactly how many it will take for me to just tell my entire story. <laughs> but after that, it'll be a just regular episodes with guests interspersed with some episodes probably just by myself. But instead of talking about my own personal life, I'll be talking about just topics about music that I have opinions and or philosophies about. So anyway, let's get into it. So just to give a little overview, when I say that I spent 350 hours writing a song, I am not exaggerating. In fact, the precise measurement is that I spent 350 hours and 14 minutes because that overall number is the result of how much time that I'd kept track of. So basically, every day I was waking up in the morning and after I finished brushing my teeth and getting dressed and stuff, I would sit down at my computer and then I would open up a Microsoft Word document with my log. I called it my log or my time log. And basically I would say, okay, now it's 8.34 in the morning and I'm starting to now do this homework assignment, or I'm now going to go start working on this song or whatever else I was going to do. And so from the time I finished getting dressed in the morning to then right before um, uh, doing my bedtime routine at night with brushing my teeth and stuff, during most of the day, I would keep track of every single thing that I was doing, writing down, okay, I did this at this time, this at that time, etc. So that then, eventually, I could go back through these logged documents and write down, okay, so I spent 
between 8.34 and 9.50, I spent an hour and 14 minutes writing the first verse of the song or something. Well, I, I would never write a whole verse in that that little time, of course. I would spend much longer <laughs> writing a whole verse. But that's kind of the whole idea of how I have this precise measurement of how much I spent writing the song. I didn't necessarily account for like bathroom breaks and like other little things. But when I say that I spent 350 hours and 14 minutes, I literally mean that that's what the spreadsheet says of all the different stages of the song that add together. So with that in mind, I can give you a few more statistics that I calculated at the time. So this 350 hours was spread over approximately a period of two and a half months over the summer of 2016. I did not work on it every single day during that time. I worked on it most days, but I took off weekends, and sometimes there were like family vacations interspersed between. But there were 52 days that I spent working on this song pretty rigorously, and over those 52 days, I spent an average of 6.7 hours working on writing the song. So, and, and that was, again, mostly during the weekdays. So that's basically a full-time job. I mean, it's a little bit less than a 40-hour work week, but <laughs> that's still, like, I spent so much time writing the song, and I was not working or having really any other time commitments during this period of the summer. I was just deciding to devote my entire life to writing this song that I'm going to tell you about. Um, and it's just crazy because if I was even working a job, working at like minimum wage, maybe $8 an hour, then for those 350 hours, I would have made $2,800. But since I wasn't working that summer, I did not earn any money during that time. And in fact, I actually spent a little over $850 just getting the song recorded and produced. So <laughs> if we're talking about like, you know, economics have this term called opportunity cost, which I don't really know a lot about. But if I'm doing one thing, then it's taking away from time from doing something else. So spending so much time writing this one song was at the opportunity cost of potentially making about $3,000 if I would have just worked. But I do think it was worth it. I think that I gained a lot of experience from this. And I'm going to get into that writing process and how everything worked. But before I talk about this song specifically, I do need to give a little bit of background briefly. So I started writing songs when I was a sophomore in high school in the winter of 2015. Um, I was still doing looping performances at the time. Songwriting wasn't really a big focus for me. I wrote like a few songs here and there about time management, and I wrote a few like pieces of verses and choruses that never really got finished into a complete song. But it's just in the retrospect, looking back at it now, it's kind of crazy because I decided to identify as a songwriter on January 1st, 2016 when I had been doing that for less than a year. You know, I had been playing piano, saxophone, bass for such a long time, so many years before that, and yet immediately on January 1st, 2016, I was super confident that I wanted to just throw that all away and start writing songs instead. I was very confident in that decision, don't get me wrong, you can listen to that whole episode, but 
just the the timing is kind of strange to me looking back at it. But anyway, I didn't really have a specific consistent method of writing songs when I was starting out. But in the fall of 2015, so again, shortly before I decided to focus on songwriting, I had an epiphany about the nature of creativity. I was reading, again, a lot of time management, a lot of Ayn Rand, and I basically concluded that melodies have to come from somewhere. It's impossible to create anything out of nothing. So when songwriters are writing down melodies and even lyrics, those are coming from places that have existed before, even if they're not conscious of where they're coming from. I did a whole episode just about this specific topic with my friend Liam last week, and my views on it have changed a bit within these last years. But as of the fall of 2015, I thought that Anytime anyone is writing a song ever, they are always combining elements of previous songs that they've heard and putting into a new format, which is their original song. They might not be conscious that that's what's going on, but that is ultimately what they're doing because everyone exists in a world with music and we're always hearing music all the time. So when you're putting together new music, it's actually just recombining and recreating different parts of music that you've heard before. So with that in mind, What I decided was to write songs combining different elements from other songs consciously, being fully aware of the different influences that I was taking in and then putting into my own work. I I was not at all satisfied with the idea of, I'm just going to sit down at the piano and like what stuff come out and whatever comes out comes out. It's like, no, I wanted to be in full control of what I was doing. So therefore, I decided to write my songs by listening to other songs and strategically picking songs that I felt worked in a similar stylistic vein and then analyzing them and deconstructing the melodies and like, oh, this does that there and this does that there. So I am going to mimic that. I'm not going to copy them. It's not plagiarism. I'm just going to use different elements, different melodic fragments, different melodic techniques, different lyrical stylistic choices that they're using, and then put that into my own work. So the first time I used this process on writing a song, it was for my songwriting class at McNally Smith College of Music. And I also produced it myself and I also performed it. I I sung it myself because, again, that's what I wanted to do at the time. And it just felt like I was really torn between all of the different things that I was trying to spend time undoing and that I wasn't super satisfied with the result. I mean, I I was proud of it, but it did feel like I did not have enough time in my schedule to do justice to all the different, you know, to make it sound good and the performance, make the performance good in addition to have it be a really well-written song. But That being said, I will play a little bit of it for you right now. Um, The song was called The Author. I never posted it anywhere, so this is the first time that it's ever going up publicly. (laughs) But this is a song I wrote about time management. Success is possible. It's very difficult. You must persist through thick and thin and most of Be the author. 
So it's a little hard to hear the lyrics that I'm singing, but just for your enjoyment, uh, the lyrics of the chorus of that song go, Success is possible. It's very difficult. You must persist through thick and thin, and most don't bother. Your life is like a book. Don't be a character. Write your future. Be the author. Which is just so cringy in the retrospect, but <laughs> that's that's what I wrote at the time. So moving on to after I decided to focus on songwriting, the very first song that I wrote in the winter of 2016 was called You So Get Me. I spent 186 hours writing this song according to my Excel document where I was keeping track of my time. And I'm not going to get super detailed on what I was spending those 186 hours doing because to go through and explain all of that, it would be a bit redundant to the song that I wrote that summer that I spent 350 hours on. And that's like the main focus of this episode anyway. But just briefly, um, the song was called You So Get Me. It was about being in a relationship, in a romantic relationship where you realize that, oh, we really get each other. We just understand each other at a really deep level. And that was what I decided to write about because I thought that it would be better to write songs that are fictional, that have a storyline, or at least somewhat of a story going on, rather than nonfiction songs about time management, about telling people, this is how you should manage your time, in my opinion. It would be so much better to write songs that are just painting a story, kind of like a poem or a play or a TV show. Uh, And I got the line, you so get me from an episode of How I Met Your Mother, believe it or not. (laughs) Um, And the song that I wrote after that was also in this similar vein as being in a romantic relationship and being happy in that relationship. But I was still really at the time that winter, I was developing this method of writing songs consciously as I called it, that I would consciously choose my influences and how I put together the pieces rather than subconsciously just writing whatever came out. Uh, So it was just like, I felt really, really proud at the end of writing the song. I was like, this is the best song that I've ever written. And I went and I had it professionally recorded in a studio and then released it on SoundCloud not on Spotify or iTunes. I didn't even know how to do that at the time. But I put it out on SoundCloud, and it got, like, a good hundred streams in, like, the first week or so. And I was really excited about that. I know you keep on whispering what I got on my mind. You so get me. You so get me right now. Also because I had hired my friend to sing it, my friend from China, and he put it out on a Chinese-specific streaming service. And later I found out that it got 20,000 streams on that service, which is crazy. That's more streams than any of my original songs have ever gotten. He has since taken it off that app, which is totally understandable because it's not that great of a song. (laughs) But I just think that that's fascinating that it blew up so much in China, even though it didn't really get all that many streams in America. But then again, I only put it on SoundCloud. Anyway, that's not the point. 
So I just wanted to give a little bit of background on how I was starting this process with my time management song in 2015, and then developed it with You So Get Me. And then really, by the time it was the summer of 2016, I was like, okay, I'm going to do this process of writing songs. I'm going to do it 100% to the fullest extent possible. And be totally certain that all of the choices that I'm making for the song are good and thought out and meticulous and perfectly designed to just make such an intriguing original song with melodies that hit exactly the way that they're supposed to and so on. You know, it's like I could write a hundred songs that are kind of just throwing spaghetti up against the wall, or I could write one song that I'm absolutely sure is the best possible song because of how much time I've spent crafting it, basically. So the title of the song was So, and literally, like, like, S-O, like just the the connector word. I wanted to have like a unique (laughs) song title. I know other people have written songs that are just called So as well, but... Regardless, um, I'm going to break down every single step of the process that consisted of these 350 hours, uh, starting from the very beginning, at the beginning of the summer. So step number one was pre-writing and planning, and that took 22 and a half hours. In regards to pre-writing, I just mean that before just jumping into writing specific lyrics, I wanted to have a clear idea of what kind of a song am I writing? What genre am I writing? What am I trying to write it about? What's the whole point? What's the general structure going to be? So I even went as far as like, I'm going to have a thesis for the song because my song lyrics are basically projecting an argument, you know, just like a school essay would say an argument. And the argument that I want to project is how philosophy affects a relationship, or sharing a similar philosophy with your lover makes it content. That is verbatim what I wrote down. Sharing a very similar philosophy with your lover makes it content. <laughs> it's uh, all, all of this is super cringy. Um, I wanted to, what, what I was saying was that I wanted to write a romantic relationship song. I wanted to write a love song, and I wanted to write it about being on the same wavelength with the person that you love, which arguably is the same as the song that I wrote before that, You So Get Me, but I I was going to do it differently, I guess. <laughs> um, anyway, in addition to planning what the song was going to be about, I also wanted to plan the different influences that I was going to consciously combine in order to write the song. So... For this, I chose songs that were really in the vein of like acoustic pop, really sitting in that like acoustic guitar, ukulele sort of vibe. So some of the songs that I picked out were Bubbly by Kobe Calais, which um, a lot of people don't know by the title, but it's the song that goes, starts in your toes, then you crinkle your nose, wherever it goes, the feeling shows, etc., etc. Um, I picked Kidden Love by Shawn Mendes. I'm Yours by Jason Mraz, Forever by Andy Grammer, and a few other songs. 
after all of my pre-writing, I wanted to make a plan for basically how long I expected this song to take. So what I did was I used my Excel spreadsheet that I had made while writing You So Get Me, and I was like, oh, well, it took me this long to write this part of the verse, and then it took me this long to write this part of the chorus melody, etc., etc. So therefore, I can reason that for a song such as the one I'm writing now, it's probably going to take a similar amount of time for those specific steps, but it's going to take longer over here. And I basically made a 10-week plan for how I was going to manage my time uh, for all these different stages of the songwriting process as I had designed the process myself. So I also gave a bit of time, I think it was like two weeks, just at the end of my plan, where it's like, I could be done at, at the very end of that, but it might also take me a bit longer than I expected, so I'm going to have just two weeks as like a, a margin for error, is what I called it. But after that planning, I began the second step of the songwriting process for me, which was writing the first two verses of this song, melody and lyrics. And this second step took 117 hours in itself. So what I did at first was I spent about a whole day just transcribing melodies from all of the different influence songs that I had picked out, meaning that I took the verse of Bubbly by Kobe Calais and I wrote out the entire vocal melody in the Sibelius software that I had on my computer so that I could see exactly what the melody looks like with the notes on the page. And then I did that for all of the other influences as well. And after that, I spent about 12 and a half hours analyzing those melodies that I had transcribed, looking for patterns, looking for different ways that I could interpret the meaning of those melodies in terms of the motifs, both melodic and rhythmic, just the little repeating sections, um, how they begin and how they resolve, the different ways that chord tones within the melodies interplay with the melody, and so much more that I'm not going to get into. But then I basically used all of these analyses and interpreted as, okay, so if all or most of these melodies of this collection of songs that I wrote, if they all share this one thing in common, like if all the chord tones line up in this specific way, then I am going to match that in my song. So I basically created a long list of what I called parameters, which were choices melodically that I was going to imitate that these other songs did. Again, I was really trying to do it so that it wasn't specific melodic phrases. I wasn't just copying melodic phrases verbatim, but I was interpreting the different ways that the phrases function in the melody, if that makes sense, and the different structural things about them. So an example of one of these parameters that I used later in the song to kind of illustrate this was that I wrote down that, okay, so with my melody, within a single phrase, only use a maximum skip of a perfect fourth or greater, except phrases like the ones in The Little Things by Kobe Calais that are short repetition hooks separated by rests, which should be treated as individual subphrases that can't have more than one skip. <laughs> so there's a lot of jargon in that, a lot of words that kind of only I understood, partially because some of those terms I created myself. <laughs> but basically what I'm saying is that almost all of the songs that I had analyzed, 
they did not have any jumps in the melody of no- of between one note to another note that was more than a perfect fourth. Um, and if you know music theory, you know that a perfect fourth is basically just four uh, spaces apart on the keyboard if you're within a major scale. Um, so you can't jump high. You, you can't make any jumps that are larger than that because that would be too abrasive. You have to use these small melodic movements of either just one note to one note, or maybe you could have like like a third. Um, and I did include an exception in there, and I'm not going to go into that exception that I listed and all of the, <laughs> the, the jargon that I used in there, but th- this was one example of a melodic parameter. So I also, in addition to analyzing the melodies, I analyzed the lyrics. I spent, for the verse of this song, I spent 33 and a half hours just analyzing verse lyrics from all of the influences that I'd picked out. So I analyzed things like rhymes and the different types of rhymes that they used, how the different consonants, like all of the sounds that are not vowels, how they interplayed within the lyrics and the number of like double consonants there were, back-to-back consonants can sometimes be abrasive in a song, and a bunch of stylistic elements. And then I took these analyses and I created lyrical parameters as well. And my philosophy behind parameters in general was that if I have, let's say, five or six songs that I've picked out for the verse as songs that I want to influence my lyrics, and then all of them are the exact same in a specific way, for instance, they all use a combination of perfect rhymes and slant rhymes, then I'm going to do exactly that in my lyrics. I'm going to use a combination of perfect rhymes and slant rhymes. Now, there were a lot of examples in which not all of the songs that I'd picked out to be influences all acted in the same way in regards to whatever specific part of the lyrics I was analyzing, but I would still create my parameter based on, okay, well, all six of the songs except for this one behave in this certain way, so therefore it's still probably something that I should imitate, even though it's not flat out across the board like that. And I just want to be clear that I was not saying that these parameters are universal, that they applied to all songs at all. Um, I was just saying that for these collection of songs, for these stylistic influences, based on what I've picked out as these songs seem to fall into a similar vein with one another, it seems that for doing this style, that the songs do have a combination of perfect rhymes and slant rhymes, so that's what I want to do for this style. Another parameter that I made when I was working on the chorus was that I should reduce the number of times where I have uh, like the full phrase spelled out as opposed to contractions, because using contractions like don't, I'm, isn't, as opposed to do not, I am, is not like that. <laughs> that is way too formal for this sort of casual style that I was trying to imitate, and therefore I wanted to almost always use the contraction form rather than spelling those words out because that's what worked in this genre, but that might not be what works in every genre. But I basically made a ton of melodic parameters and a ton of lyrical parameters. I would say probably about like, this isn't going to be precise because I don't have the patience to count it all out. I do have all of this meticulously documented on my computer, but the estimate that I'm about to give you is just off the top of my head. I want to say... 
30 to 45 melodic parameters and probably 20 to 30 lyrical parameters. And that's just for the verses. So this long list of my verse lyrics have to do all of these things and match all of these requirements. Otherwise, I'm not really being true to my influences. So after all of those parameters, I spent roughly 70 hours applying these parameters and basically using them to generate my entire lyrics and melody. And that's not to say that it was just a perfectly robotic process, but it was largely for the melody, like considering all of the different like restrictions that I'd put on it, there were very few options for what my melody could have been. Lyrically, I had a bit more room to express myself within the parameters that I had decided but it just took a really, really long time because there were all of these multiple things that I was trying to do with each specific part of the song, each line of lyrics, each phrase of the melody. Sometimes it would take a whole half hour just to write one line of lyrics, and other times it would take longer, like two to three hours to write one single line of lyrics, <laughs> which is so insane to me because I have... Since then, I have written entire songs in the same amount of time that it used to take me to write just a single line, <laughs> which is ah, crazy. But yeah, I was just going through this process and writing down every single thing that I was doing and documenting all of my thoughts and making sure that all of this was spelled out so that I was totally confident that I was doing this in the best way, in the most thought out way possible. So that was step two. Uh... Between steps two and three, after I finished writing, just literally the first two verses, I had a draft ready, and I showed this draft to my mom. So I'm just going to read you the original draft of the first two verses of this song, lyrically. And bear in mind that I was trying to make this a love song, and I wanted it to be sung from the perspective of the girl in the relationship. So here are the lyrics. So I don't need to apologize. You know, you're not like all the other guys. Right now, it doesn't bother you to wait a little longer. We could be a bit late, but it's all right because it's not the only thing at stake. So I'll take my time to be precise. We'll go when you can tell I'm satisfied. It means the world to me, the world to you, the world to us. And you know what I'll say. I'm looking forward for the look to spread across your face. So I just presented those lyrics to my mom without telling her what I was trying to write the song about. And we got to talking about it. She said that she really, really liked it and she really related to it on like a deep personal level. But as we got to talking, I realized that the way that she was relating to it was very different than my intention for it. I was just trying to write the song about like, oh, well... She's in the the person singing the song. She's in a relationship that she really likes. Um, she's reflecting on the fact that when she's getting ready to go out on a date with her boyfriend, she can take however long she wants in the bathroom, and he doesn't care at all. Like it doesn't get on his nerves because they're so in love together. And I had kind of ripped that idea from the song Forever by Andy Grammer, which was one of my influences. <laughs> Again, I thought I wasn't copying. I thought all of this was perfectly okay and fine. But in the retrospect, it really sounds like I was copying other songs. Um, anyway, so that was what I had in my head for writing this song. But my mom thought that this is a song about being in the very beginning of a relationship where 
you're not yet reaching the point where you're you're sleeping together <laughs> and she thought that the the girl that the character who's singing the song is saying it's so great that we're we're not we're taking things slow and that you're not sleeping with me yet and we're totally okay with it and we're just taking things as they are (laughs) which is crazy because i would never write a song about a topic like that i'd never been in a relationship or anything like that and the the thought of making the song be about that topic was just totally not on my mind at all but the crazy thing is that after i had this conversation with my mom i was like oh wow i guess that is because she related to it in that way, it is actually a, a cool topic that I could lean into. So I ended up changing my entire idea for the song and leaning into the idea of this is a song about waiting to be ready to sleep with your partner. <laughs> and and there is so I have so many thoughts about that that I'm not going to get into right now but that the, the focus of this episode is my songwriting process so I'm going to resume talking about that anyway so after I got feedback from my mom I took step number 3 at writing the song to spend 16 hours just revising the first two verses to make it more about that idea I added in the line so no need to take me home tonight We'll wait until we know the time is right. Because that part directly addressed that idea. Anyway, uh, step number four was I spent 85 hours writing the chorus, and I went through very similar steps of analyzing and transcribing a bunch of different melodies, creating all these parameters, doing the same thing for the lyrics, and... It just took a long time again, because it takes a long time to satisfy all these requirements when you're writing them, when I was writing them. (laughs) Um, Step number five was that I spent 12 hours writing the bridge. Um, Again, a similar process, but the reason why it was a lot quicker that time was because I basically reused a lot of the parameters that I had been using for the other verses. Um, And then I spent, uh, step number six was I spent four hours creating a demo of a complete rough draft of the song. I recorded the instruments myself. I used MIDI drums. I recorded myself singing it. Um, It was really, really rough, and I hardly had any experience creating demos at the time. But I am going to play you a clip of it just so you can (laughs) get a sense of what this sounded like at the time. So bear in mind that that at this point, I had already spent over 200 and... 80 hours, I believe, writing the song, and what you're about to hear is the result of all that time. So I showed this demo to a few of my close friends and family members and asked for their candid feedback on the lyrics, the melody, the music, anything that they thought of. Um, one notable thing was that my friend Bobby texted me and he said, hey man, the, the verses sound an awfully lot like Bubbly by Kobe Kalea. And my reaction to that was basically, what? 
oh my gosh, I, I, I know I used that as an influence, but I wasn't trying to copy the song at all. I was trying to combine enough elements from other songs that it wouldn't sound like bubbly. And so I ended up ultimately deciding to revise the melody to make it sound a bit different. Arguably, it still sounds kind of close, but the, the version in the demo is different than um, the, the final version that I ended up doing. So these revisions took me about 30 hours. I also spent 32 hours writing vocal harmonies, analyzing a bunch of different songs and how they basically use the chords to combine in different tracks for the vocal harmonies. And then the final step was that I spent about eight hours creating a final demo that I would use just both for myself to know, okay, this is the final song as it sits for me. And also later I would use it to have in the studio session recording it so that the producer and all of the instrumentalists can be on the same page. Okay, here is a rough, a very rough version of the song as I have it right now. Now, let me ask you guys with all of your expertise to see how we can re-record literally everything and make it sound as good as it possibly can for the final master. So I did actually count the eight hours that I spent making that demo and the four hours that I spent making the rough demo before that. I did count all of that time in my spreadsheet that added up to the 350 hours. And arguably, if I wanted to make the most honest, genuine reflection on how much time I spent writing this song, then I wouldn't have included the time that I spent recording the demos because that doesn't really affect the the writing process at all. And arguably, I shouldn't have included the time that I spent at the very beginning just making a plan of how my time would go for this project, what I called my time estimation plan, if I'm going to work on this step and this step and this step, and it's going to take me this long and et cetera, et cetera, that I shouldn't have included that in the time either. But all of those did factor into the 350 hours and 14 minutes total time writing the song just because that's how I decided to do it at the time. Um, I, I don't know why I feel obligated to clarify that, but I guess I'm just trying to be <laughs> as as honest as possible in the retrospect doing this podcast. Anyway, so that is, that is the whole process of writing this song. Um, I, I do want to talk a little bit about what happened with the song as a result, just to complete the story. After I finished recording that demo, I set aside the song for about half a year, and I didn't get the final version of the song recorded until the following winter. Um, in the time in between, I was spending a lot of my energy applying to colleges and specifically applying to songwriting programs at schools and that is going to be the subject of the next episode, so I'm not really going to get into it right now. But so to get it produced, I went to my um, the guy that I had produced my song You So Get Me previously. Um, he actually was a student at McNally Smith College of Music, and then he graduated and he started his own studio, which is really fantastic. So I... Um, worked on this song with him and he helped me hire out a keyboardist, a bassist, a ukulele player. Um, and it was just really, really crazy to, to record this song that I had spent so much time writing by myself and have really experienced really, really fantastic musicians work on it. Um, and again, it was eight hundred and fifty dollars. So it was it was a big uh, it was a big expense for me. It was the most money I had ever spent on anything like that with my own money at the time because I didn't ask my parents to contribute or anything. I wanted this to be like my thing that I was spending money on. 
And it was just really liberating to hire all of this out to other people because since I had identified as a songwriter, I gave myself permission to not care about performing or editing or producing or any of those things. So I just got to sit back and let other people do what they do best, which felt awesome, (laughs) honestly. And without further ado, here is a recording of the final master of the song. And we'll go the first song that I put out on Spotify and Apple Music and iTunes and the whole thing. And I did not have uh, Spotify for Artists, so I did not see how many streams it got. It was under a thousand. I knew that much. (laughs) But it's just kind of wild because I spent all this time working and writing it and crafting it and making it perfect. And then I release it and it's like, okay, well, I guess it's public now. Uh, I, I did put it on SoundCloud as well, and there it got maybe like 50 to 100 streams within the first two weeks, but to this day it has under 300 streams on SoundCloud, and now I do have Spotify for Artists, and I can say that it has about 120 all-time streams on Spotify, which is which is fine. I mean, I don't know this whole hype about stream counts and stream numbers. Like I I have tremendously mixed feelings about that. And I would also like to do another episode about just grappling with, with obsessing over the number of streams at a later time. But just for the context of this story, regardless, even though it didn't really blow up at all, you know, on, on social media or whatever, like, like you so get me had this great moment of having 20,000 streams on the Chinese app, but like, so was just a very small release. And it was just, I was, I was okay with it. I was content. I had spent 350 hours convincing myself that it was a good song. All of that time that I spent writing and doing all of these really nitty gritty microscopic steps, putting it together, that was basically my way of convincing myself that it was a good song, if that makes sense. I mean, ideally, it wasn't only about trying to tell myself that it was a good song. Like, ideally, it was actually making the song itself, (laughs) you know, Um, good. But I just, I felt really, really good about it. I felt like this was the best song that I'd ever written at the time. And I just, (laughs) it's, it's wild because... If I'm being honest, during the summer of 2016, when I was writing this song, I felt more in control of my life than I've ever had since then. I felt more confident about what I was doing. I felt more happy, more fulfilled with the time that I was spending than ever. Like, it's just, I had so much time because I didn't have school. I didn't have any jobs or anything. It was just me by myself in the basement 
writing this song and I made a plan for how I wanted to spend the time and then I executed that plan as well as I could and it was just such a perfect thing in my mind back then. Like, and now I'm like, oh, well, there's such and so issues with the song. And it was silly that I was writing it about a topic that I didn't understand at all and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But <laughs> honestly, I really do envy myself from that period in my life because of how confident I was and how good my mental health was at the time and how purposeful I felt as I was going through all these steps. And I would like, I would continuously, like after completing a large portion of the song, I would just listen to uh, like a Lindsey Sterling song that I really, really loved just sort of like, this is my reward for spending 30 hours just writing the melody of the verse. And now I'm done. And now I can really appreciate this moment and just savor the accomplishment that I just did. And from the outside looking in, for, first of all, I didn't really tell people a lot about this process at the time. But if I would, it's like... <laughs> What, you spent 30 hours writing a verse and now you're celebrating it? Like, <laughs> why, why, is it, why is it taking you that long, you know? But it, it's just, like, I, I don't write songs this way anymore. I don't spend such an insane amount of time. But I, and I don't plan to ever do that again, honestly, because I don't think it's necessary. And, and I'll get into in future episodes in the series why my views on this topic have changed. But if there's one thing, if there is just one thing that I could take back from this time in my life, it would be that sense of purposeful confidence that I had at the time, because I am like like the biggest problem that i've had during you know covid and coronavirus and quarantine is just being not having gumption to really do stuff and not feeling like i want to get out of bed in the morning and just it's 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 been kind of rough and just i don't know i i want to figure that out for myself now but uh, that does bring me to the end of this story about the 350-hour song. So I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you found it interesting. I, I, I yeah, these these episodes are long and rambly, but it's me. It's my story. It's something I've never put down in a concise format before, if if you can call this concise. But I see, uh, I'm looking at my wrist, I see a hair tie on my right wrist, and now I'm moving my arm and I see a hair tie on my left wrist. And these, I've started wearing them now, like, as if they're bracelets, and um, I feel like uh, it's, it's cool. It's something that is giving me more confidence in a crazy way. Um, I don't know. Uh it's one step that I'm trying. I'm not going to get into it, <laughs> but uh, look up BFRD. If you look up the acronym BFRD, that is what these wristbands, sorry, hair ties that I'm wearing on my wrist are trying to help right now. Anyway, that is all. Have a very good week. Um, next time I will have probably a guest on again. And the next story in this series will be me applying to college and trying to get into the songwriting program at various schools. So there you have it. Until next time. <laughs> <laughs>